Well, as we have heard, you cannot have Christianity without the cross. If we don't understand the purpose of Jesus' death, then we don't understand Christianity. And how many people say they are Christians? How many people go to a Good Friday service, go to a, an Easter Sunday service, wear a cross around their neck, hold a Bible in their hands on Sunday morning, and yet have no idea what occurred at the cross? Too many, I fear. And there may be some among us tonight who still don't understand what happened at the cross. And perhaps the main reason we don't understand the cross is because we don't understand or we perhaps we don't accept what the Bible says about our sin. We say we believe the Bible and yet we still give ourselves far more credit than we deserve because we deserve zero credit. And the clearest view of the depravity of the human heart is the crucifixion of our Lord. Not only does the cross show the sinfulness of humanity and that the perfect and righteous Son of God would be murdered, but also that it was a death under the wrath of God, as our brother Dave mentioned, by the sinless Son of God that was the very thing required to make atonement for our sin. So it is essential to understand the cross and what occurred at the cross. But it is also essential that we understand the purpose of the resurrection. What was the purpose of the resurrection? What did it accomplish? And in the few moments that I might have your attention tonight, I want to focus on part of that purpose of the resurrection. Jesus was raised from the dead in order that he might serve as the high priest of our confession, forever making intercession for the saints. Because of the resurrection and the ascension, Jesus is now the high priest of the only true religion in the world. There's only one true religion in the world because there's only one true priest. Hebrews 7.16 tells us that Jesus became a priest not on the basis of a legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but by the power of an indestructible life. Your translation may render that by the power of an endless life. Romans 6, 9 tells us, Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over him. Jesus' resurrection was not simply a resuscitation. It was a complete transformation. And now he reigns with resurrected life. You see, the Old Testament priest died and was replaced. And then that priest died and was replaced. And then that priest died and was replaced. And it happened generation after generation after generation. The priest became a priest because of the death of another. But Jesus became a priest not because someone else died and he was next in line, but because he died and rose again. And because his resurrection life is endless and indestructible, he is made a priest forever. He is made a priest on the basis of an oath from God concerning that indestructible life. The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. 
So the resurrection then leads to Jesus entering into the role of priest, more specifically, high priest. That means that he is a priest right now. He's not just king. He is king right now. He's also a priest right now. You see, we still have a priest. We still have a tabernacle. We still have the Holy of Holies. All those things we read of in the Old Testament, we still have all of them. But now we have the true and the final form, not simply the copies of which we read in the Old Testament. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24. For Christ has entered... For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. In Acts chapter 7, when Stephen is testifying before the Jews, he goes through the history of God's people, and he talks about how Moses directed everybody to build this tabernacle and the the tent according to what he saw. You see, as we read the Bible, we think, okay, the Old Testament, that came first, pointing to what would come next. But it's actually the heavenly realities that were first. And the Old Testament was a copy of that. We have the better version of the ceremonial system that God graciously gave to the Old Testament church. But we still have a ceremonial system today. But our priest is in heaven, not in Jerusalem. So what does a priest do? Two main roles of a priest. Bring the people to God and teach them the way of holiness. Teach them the way of life. Holiness and life very much connected in Scripture. Bring the people to God. Teach them the way of holiness. Second Chronicles 15.3 For a long time Israel has been without the true God, without a teaching priest, and without law. Deuteronomy 33:10 tells us the sons of Levi, the priests, are charged with teaching Jacob your judgments and Israel your law. In Malachi 2:7, for the lips of a priest should keep knowledge, and people should seek the law from his mouth. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the world is not without a teaching priest. There is a teaching priest alive right now. And you know how people talk about this idea of accepting Jesus as your Savior and not as your Lord? Still many people, that's a teaching that uh, I guess it had some popularity in the past, but it's still very popular today. But that false idea would never have gotten off the ground that Jesus could be your Savior and not your Lord if people understood what it means that the resurrected Christ is now and forever the one and only high priest. See, all false doctrine has a low view of Christ, every single one of them. It's also like some people say, yeah, I'm not that religious, but I have a relationship with Jesus. Now, how can that be possible if Jesus is a priest forever? He is king, he is priest, he is prophet, yes, but the two main offices that he really serves in now are king and priest. And you cannot have a relationship with the high priest and not be religious in the correct biblical sense. You see, if the Jesus in your mind is not the one who teaches you the law as part of his priestly ministry, if Jesus is simply the sacrifice on the cross who then goes to heaven and waits for you and lets you live your life however you want, then you know nothing 
of the resurrection, and the resurrection has had zero impact on your life. Abandon the cross, and you have no salvation. Abandon the priesthood of the resurrected Christ, and you have no sanctification. You have no practical Christianity. The priest was concerned with the people's holiness. And the high priest today is concerned with your holiness. That's his job, to make sure that you are living a holy life. If you do not see Jesus as the one who is going to tell you how to live your life, the one who will give you regulations, the one who will give you a holiness code, then you do not know the resurrected Christ. You see, God told the Old Testament saints, he's, he told them to carefully observe observe, and do according to all that the priests, the Levites, shall teach you, just as I commanded them, so you shall be careful to do. Deuteronomy chapter 24. That is fulfilled in the ultimate priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I are to carefully observe and do according to all that this priest, the Christ, shall teach us. He is a high priest, and the law of the Lord is on his lips, and his resurrection guarantees that he will never cease from that role. If we are to be his, we are to play by his rules. He will regulate our lives. Now, the resurrection of Jesus also means that this high priest is now and forever will be making intercession for the saints. Does that mean anything to you tonight? It should, and I trust for a great many of you it does. But allow me to challenge you on this, and those among us who may not yet know this high priest. What does it mean to you that the one with an endless life is at this moment interceding for you if you are in Christ? And what is he interceding on your behalf for? not only salvation, in fact, I think we should focus more on sanctification, on your personal conformity to the holiness code of God, the law of God that this high priest gives you. You see, the resurrection life of Jesus leads to us walking in newness of life. Paul said in Romans, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Sanctification, growing in holiness, godly thinking, godly living, godly actions, godly words. You see, the priest would make a distinction between the holy and the profane, between the godly and the wicked. Is Jesus the priest making that distinction in your life? Children, is Jesus the priest making a distinction between you and those you may interact with outside the home, do you see a difference in your life? If you do not, if this priest is not cleansing you, then you are outside the camp and you are unclean. You see, we do not have a high priest who does not know how to intercede for his people. I will confess that I am not that good at prayer. But I still do it every day with my family at family worship. I'll say a prayer. And if I'm honest, those prayers are often weak and, and lazy, to be honest, on my part. 
to my shame, but I will keep doing it and trying to improve because I want to be a faithful priest in my home, making intercession for my children and my wife. But we have one in heaven, brothers and sisters, who intercedes for his people, not haphazardly, but perfectly. And not just once a day, but continually. Continually. Robert Murray McShane, many of you have heard of him, known for his Bible reading plan, known for a lot of other stuff. If you haven't read about him, godly man. But he said this, speaking about the intercessory prayer of Jesus. He said, if I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, if you could hear him, if Christ was here, the next table, and you could hear him praying for you, McShane said, if I could hear that, I would not fear a million enemies. How could you fear if you, if you hear Christ praying for you? the king of the universe, praying on your behalf. And he went on and said, yet distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. He's praying for you. Brother and sister, Christ is praying for you this moment. Romans 8:24. who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God. See the connection between the death of Christ, the resurrection, his priestly ministry, who also makes intercession for us. Christ's intercession secures two things which are indivisibly related. One, your sanctification. If you are not growing in holiness, then it can only mean that you do not have this resurrected high priest interceding on your behalf because he will not fail in his intercession. And two, Christ's intercession secures your final salvation. And Arminian theology, rampant today as ever, is to be rejected if for no other reason than that it diminishes the work of Christ as the high priest who will ensure that his elect persevere to the end. He will not fail. Hebrews 7, 24, 25. But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. The resurrection of Christ means that we have a high priest who will never be replaced. Christianity will never change because the priesthood is permanent now in Christ. It will not change. It cannot change. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ means that Jesus is interceding this moment for his people and that intercession will not be in vain. Look to him, submit to him, submit to his priestly regulations that you might be clean. The first of which regulation is to repent and believe in the gospel. Thank you for your attention.